welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and I'm your host, and I'm so happy to have you joining us tonight. Uh, this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers and six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com. Member FDIC. We really appreciate the partnership, and we appreciate the partnership with our other sponsors as well, as we'll mention them throughout the show. But that includes Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Carts. So on our last show, uh, we, we talked a uh, little Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we had our super fan and my personal official correspondent, Jeff Burnett, was here. Um, and we talked uh, about the Chiefs and their season and obviously the Super Bowl victory. We also sent um, a lot of prayers out to the Kansas City community. And Logan, um, you know, I know the Chiefs are one of your favorite topics, um, but I really enjoy listening to my correspondent who, you know, full disclosure, is also my younger brother. So I really give him <laughs> no choice about coming on. Um, but I loved, you know, the way that uh, the perspective that he has on the Chiefs, and and I thought that was a that was a, a great show and a great perspective. I think so too. It was it's fun to hear you guys talk because you try to keep it professional, but there is a little bit of that <laughs> older sister, younger brother kind of dynamic to it. But yeah, he was tremendous on the show yesterday. He was very very knowledgeable about the subject. You can tell that he is a big time Chiefs fan. You know, with all the success they've had over the years, many of us are accused of being bandwagons anymore, which honestly is a bit of a compliment in and of its own right that the team is so successful that we're called bandwagon fans, even though I know your brother more so than even me. We've had to deal with a lot of lean years. I mean, he mentioned the, the Marty Schottenheimer years and the Herm Edwards and the, the, the Romeo Cornells and Todd Haley years, you know, as a Chiefs fan. So it was, it was fun to have another diehard Chiefs fan in the studio that for true sure. Blue, that yeah. true blue perspective. And I think that's something that is kind of rare because there are a lot of fans that have jumped on the bandwagon. So that's one of the reasons he's my official correspondent because he's been there from the beginning. He has mm-hmm. been right in the Chiefs King, right in the middle of the Chiefs kingdom. Without question. All right. Well, we're going to, we, we appreciate uh, Jeff Burnett being here. And if you want to listen to that show, which I know you do, if you missed it, not sure what you were doing, but you can go to acoachesperspective.com. You can listen to it under previous shows. Uh, you can also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's also on Helium Satellite Radio, all under a coach's perspective. So, you know, we took a, a break last week to talk Chiefs. We're going to jump back in. We've got two more weeks of our effective leadership series. And, and I'm really excited. I've really enjoyed this. And I'm, I'm loving the comments that you're sending in. Um, you can always email comments um, and suggestions to me at a coach's perspective at gmail.com. You can also find that on a coach's perspective.com. So, you know, I've, I'm really loving the comments. I think they've been tremendous. Um, it's been uh, it's been great to get some of the suggestions that listeners have had. Um, and I, I want to continue with this effective leadership show. We're going to talk a little bit tonight, uh, a little shift. We've been talking about coaches and their leadership models and how you can relate those. Um, we've, we've looked at a couple of business leadership models. Tonight, we're going to look at from the athlete's point of view um, and, and what coaches look for for leadership within their athletes. And I have, in my opinion, one of the most effective leaders um, in the coaching world here. We're very lucky to have him over at Drury University. He's the wrestling coach. Coach James Reynolds is here. Welcome, Coach. Thanks, Jenny. I appreciate you including me in your series here. This is awesome. 
But this is your eighth year at Drury, um, and you are, you know, you're doing a tremendous job with this program. I, I like your philosophy because you coach people. You don't just coach wrestlers. You coach people. And I've always appreciated that about you. Um, you know, you're towards the end of your season, which thank you for taking the time because I know it's a busy time when you end your regular season. Now you're in the playoffs um, for being here. But tell us like a big picture takeaway so far. What have you seen from from your wrestlers and what have you appreciated this season? So like you said, our season's a, a really long season. It starts in uh, November and ends here in mid-March. And, and our postseason, we're in the postseason part of our, our championship. So a Super Regional is coming up on March 2nd. We finished our regular season uh, competitions this past weekend. Uh, the big thing for our team, um, I'm approaching it in terms of uh, – Speaking to our guys that are going to wrestle at the uh, regional championships is, hey, you know, in two weeks here or in 10 days, actually, from now, you're going to have the regional tournament. How would you prepare as if this is the very first competition of the season? Think about what you would be doing. What would your diet be like? What would your conditioning be like? Would, you know, attention to detail in your technique, um, individualizing your own uh, um, workouts and stuff. But you also have the benefit of looking back on a season of however many matches you've wrestled and being able to assess all those things and what, what I need to improve upon, what do I need to work on. So very few people get that at the beginning of their season. And we have that right now. And so it's basically, I'm, I'm trying to get guys in the mindset of starting fresh and feeling fresh. You know, a lot of times how you perform has everything to do with how you feel. Um, and, Wrestling is 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 very much uh, like that. You know how you feel determines how you're going to perform. I like the I like the word fresh because you're you're saying, um, you know, it's a long season and they work right. really hard. Um, and and oh by the way, they're full time students on top of this. You know, Absolutely. and maybe have a tiny little bit of a social life. So there's a lot going on in their world, and it's a long season. So how how do you do that? How do you get them to kind of take a deep breath, push the reset, and say season's not over? But here, this is, you know, this is what you work all year for. So let's go show off. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is just trying to trick their mind into saying, hey, it's fresh. It's the beginning. Mm -hmm. In two weeks, we're going to start anew. How would you prepare for that if you were starting out your season? And so I don't, I don't want to say it's, we're tricking them into thinking that way, <laughs> but it's yeah. basically putting, implanting it in their mind that this is fresh. This is new. And everything you approach here. Um, and how you approach this should be from that perspective. It's a mindset. It's a mindset shift, right. you know, and I, I think that's something that coaches need um, throughout the season. Every once in a while, you got to have a step back and go, okay, mindset shift. All right. So, you know, when we, we talk about, um, you know, leadership and this effective leadership series, um, what would you say just in general terms, what is your definition of an effective leader? And I know that's cliche, so pardon the cliche, but it's also, I mean, sorry, it's true. You have leaders and you have effective leaders. What is your definition? So the way that I look at it is kind of um, how can I get the very most out of somebody, speaking uh, to them in the way that they understand, uh, treating them in the way that that they need to be treated to to be able to perform at their very best. So being an effective leader is it's just about getting the very best out of um, your individuals, whoever you're in charge of or whoever's in your charge, right? I have a responsibility to the men in my charge, and I'm trying to get the very best out of them. Um, and I got to make sure that they understand that I'm with them. I'm on their side all the time, um, and that's how uh, 
you know, when I'm standing next to them, I can make sure that, that they understand that I want the very, the best in them and the very best from them. And, and they want to give their very best, you know, uh, not, not for me necessarily, but, um, we, we, we draw the picture, um, you know, show me how you do one thing and, uh, I can show you how you do everything. You know, if you're cutting corners in your workouts or you're cutting corners in your competition or you're cutting corners in these things, what else are you cutting corners in the rest of your life? So it's very important for us to make sure we're modeling that in every single aspect of our life, you know, doing the very best that we possibly can, not cutting any corners, being thorough in every single thing that we possibly can. Our motto, uh, and, and we're speaking about effective leaders, our, our credo is, is uh, ductus exemplo, which means lead by example. I'm trying to build a leader out of every single aspect. Is that Latin? Yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to sound fancy. But yeah, that sounds Latin. Yeah. And can you say it again? Ductus exemplo. I love that. Yeah. And it means? Uh, to lead by example. Okay. And I, and I love that because I feel like leadership, that's the most powerful leadership style. I mean, we, you can go, we can dive into all these different models and all these different characteristics. That really sums it up. That really sums it up. If people would focus on being the example of what they want out of their leaders or if they would focus on being the example um, as they lead people, that would really sum it up. Um, and, and I really feel like, too, anybody that's listening, you can relate to this because at some point in time, we're all leaders. You could be a leader in your family, in right. your business, and you know, in your job. And it, you don't have to be um, the highest level boss to be a leader. You know, you're a leader. And, and tonight we're going to talk a little bit about leadership within a team um, and, and how that can help propel a, a program. And I think that's something that, that's going to be really helpful. How, you know, and, and you talk a little bit about motivating and being on their side. Um, what is your best motivational technique? Um, because, you know, I've been to, you know, I've seen Vision Quest. I've seen a lot. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> seen, I mean, wrestling coaches are filled with energy, um, filled with energy. And I feel like sometimes, like, you know, I love watching wrestling coaches because they have so much energy and they are like on the mat with, yeah. with the wrestlers. And so, how, you know, what is your best motivational technique? Do you just you know, show all that energy and let's go, let's go, or does it depend on the athlete? It varies. It varies by the athlete, to be quite honest. And and that's not a shock. I mean, every, you know, we're a very individualized sport, but whether you're an individual sport or a team sport, you have, you have a, a slug of individuals. And so everybody might communicate a little bit differently. They may hear things a little bit differently. So I may be communicating to one man and, and, and I can be very blunt and um, just straight to the point and even even fired up. And I may have to communicate with somebody else where I'm speaking in this tone, very calm. Holding their hair. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to make sure that he's hearing me, he's understanding me. We're both very calm and uh, just expressing to him what he needs to, what he needs to do, right? Uh, and and it, that's important, though, for Lee. I think that's a huge key. Yeah. Um, there are some leaders that are like, uh, you know, it's my way or the highway. They have to adjust to my style, but... It's good luck being around for very long sure. in that in this day and age. That's um, a little antiquated. Um, I do think you know if you have the autonomy. You're the decision maker. You're the authority figure. Um, but you have to get to know your athletes and find out what makes them tick. Yeah, I got to make the. I'm sure I am responsible. I have to make those decisions, but I have to make decisions that can help the majority of my team perform well and perform at their very best. Um, sure, I'm, I'm in charge and I'm there within my charge, but. Um, yeah, I have to make sure that I'm, I'm getting the most out of them for sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, well, we're going to take our first break. We're going to come back, and we're going to talk about um, these type of leaders that we want to see from athletes, uh, performance leaders, locker room leaders, social leaders, organizational leaders, and reserve leaders. 
So we're going to dive into those um, here. Um, I am so excited to have uh, Coach James Reynolds here. We're going to take our first break. Hey, thank you to Great Southern Bank. They are a presenting sponsor, and I could not be more grateful for them. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Hey, they're owned by dairy farmers. They've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. Hey, the proven facts, scientific studies, professional dietitians, they all agree. The ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate, and they're a proud sponsor of a Coach's Perspective. So we have Coach James Reynolds here from Jury Wrestling, and we're talking on a little bit on our leadership series, but we're also talking some Jury Wrestling, and I want to ask, you know, you've got, um, you're in the playoffs right now, you've got the regional championships coming up. Tell us a little bit about um, some of the, the competitors that are going to be in that and um, and how, how they've done this season. So we've had, um, uh, for our Super Regional, we get to bring all of our starters, you know, we have... Um, your 10 weight classes, right? And so, uh, one of our, one of our better guys that just got into the rankings right now is our smallest guy, our 125 pounder, Caden Howard, uh, young man from Lenexa, Kansas. He's ranked number 11. He's right ranked now? number 11. Yeah. 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 He just jumped into these last rankings here. He's had, he's been absolutely great. Um, he came down from 133 to 125 at semester. So coming down a weight class, I think he's been nine in two in that weight class so far. Um, that's since uh, break, so he's um, he's done extremely well and earned himself a ranking spot. And he's a great leader on our team. Uh, models the way, definitely leads by example. Has his lifestyle, his diet, his academics, all those things are under control. And then on the mat, you know, he has the right mindset, uh, looking to score constantly and looking to be offensive and and uh, make sure that everything else in his life is squared away so that he can perform the way he wants to. Uh, some of the other guys, obviously, Will Custer is another one of our, our guys, one of the Custer brothers. We have three Custer brothers <laughs> on the team. Right? Peter Good family. Just, yes, great family, <laughs> great family. Uh, Peter Custer just graduated as one of our assistant coaches currently. Will Custer, the uh, junior and younger brother, is actually, um, he's been in and out of the rankings. I think he was the 11th earlier this year at 157. He actually moved from 165, where he qualified for nationals last year. He moved down a weight class to 157 and has been doing great, uh, competing well. He uh, just got back on the mat uh, last week. Uh, he was he was out with a little bit of an injury, but um, we rested him for a few extra weeks and made sure that he was ready to step back out there and perform. And then regionals will be here within the next um, 10 days, as a matter of fact. So he'll be ready to step out and perform once again. And then the youngest, Custer, obviously is a freshman right now, and so he'd be he'd be redshirting for us. And uh, um, so it's a, it's a great family, obviously. Uh, and and they've uh, you know at one point or another, I'm like. Goodness, uh, uh, a third of our team, or uh, I don't, what did I say about a certain percentage of our team, it all come from from one family. So that's I mean, that's, that's kind of a good feeling. So tell me, you know, you talk about making weight, um, and and that is something I know that's huge. I mean, I have seen yeah. Vision Quest, so I think we covered that. But you know, making weight, you know, being able to drop the weight or to add the weight. Mm-hmm. What what is your what is the secret to doing that healthy? Because I know a lot of yeah. people worry about wrestlers. You know, they'll starve themselves, or they, you know, they eat 
too much? I mean, what is the balance and how do you advise your athletes to either gain weight or lose weight? Goodness, yeah. Uh, any sport is tough enough as it is, right? Competing within your individual sport and uh, competing at a high level is really tough enough. Once you add um, the dynamic of a weight class, having to either lose or even gain weight to uh, fit in within a certain category, it just ratchets that up another tenfold, right? Uh, so for our guys, you know, having to lose a few pounds here or there in a short amount of time or having to maintain a lean body mass and stay within a few pounds of their their actual weight class, uh, makes the difference, uh, especially over the course of an entire season of wrestling, having to consistently make that weight class and be there. You can't be on a yo-yo plan where you're just up and down, up and down, you know, with the huge fluctuations in your weight. You want to be within a reasonable amount of your weight that you can you can get there within striking distance. Um, and there are some really negative stereotypes toward wrestling about cutting weight and doing it the wrong way. And we don't talk to talk about it in terms of what weight cutting we talk about it in terms of weight management and that's more of a holistic approach in terms of like hey how are we, are we attacking it with your diet we're attacking it with uh your your physical activity how how often are you working out and what kind of workouts are you doing even outside and off the mat um and what well, and the diet is a, is a big is a big part of that you know um we we always say you can't outwork a bad diet and if your diet's bad you know you're, you're probably going to have a bad time cutting weight you're probably going to have a bad time fueling your body and performing and so that's the first thing that we try to give our guys the best guidance on for their diet. And I don't ever really force guys to cut a whole lot of weight here or there because I, I want them to perform at their very best. And that's a recipe for disaster. If, if somebody's cutting too much weight, they're not going to perform well. And then that, that directly transfers to all their stuff off the mat too. They're not, they're not going to perform well. So they're going to have a bad time. They're going to feel bad. They're going to, they're going to perform poorly in the classroom and it just kind of snowballs from there. So. Um, I like that. I like that that there's not a lot. I mean, there's pressure, but you know, it, there's not a lot of pressure to be able to make that weight. I mean, you want to do it the right way, and you want to guide them along the way. You don't want to just say make this weight, make this weight. You, it sounds like you guide them um, with the nutrition and with it with a balanced attack. Even individualized diet plans. Uh, both Caden Howard, uh, even Will, and and uh, several guys on the team have had individual diet plans that is exactly telling them exactly what to eat and how much of it and when. Right. I think uh, that's been that's been key for us too. That's hard for a college student. I mean, it's yeah. hard for adults, but college student um, that's on their own um, that that can be a difficult task. That takes a lot of self discipline. It takes a lot of self discipline for uh, adults in their thirties right. and forties and fifties, right. much less uh, a young man in his uh, from eighteen to twenty two year old on a college campus. And I got to explain to him how important it is to eat this amount of carbs and, and this amount of protein and uh, eliminate these sugary drinks and these things and these things. And, oh, you know, by the way, uh, most of the people you run into on this college campus, doesn't have, they don't have to do that, right? Right. <laughs> so it's, it's, That's true. it's really different. From wow. But, you know, they do get the reward. They get the yes. reward on that scale and on the mat and be able to compete in that division that they want to. Right. And that could be the motivator, that, or that is the motivator. Uh, so let, let's um, let's talk about you have some great leaders that you've already mentioned. And, and if you have examples throughout this time, um, please share those with us if someone comes to mind. Um, but we're looking at different leaders of the athletes. And, and this is something I think um, I, I think is unique because um, I feel like we've been talking about coaches and athletic directors and we've got a business owner coming on next week. We've had the police chief on during this year. So we've had a lot of different parallels about effective leadership um, but we've been talking about the leaders. We have been talking about the team leaders. 
And so I want to talk a little bit about this. And, and um, this, this article is something that I thought was really good. It's on Jansen Sports. Um, dot com and it's on it's from their sports blog and it was a, it was my favorite article that I read about this the athletes leaderships and it covers five kinds of leaders of every team to be successful the first one is performance leaders so um, you know Peter Custer comes to mind on right. that you know performance leaders those primary leaders they take charge of your team they're somebody that's the coach on the floor they're the point guard the quarterback um, tell us a little bit about what you think about performance leaders um, and what they bring to your program. Goodness, yeah. I mean, that's the guy, like I said, with our motto, Ductus Exemplo, you know, leading the way or, or, or um, leading by example. You know, I want uh, a guy that can perform extremely well. I want him to bring others along. It's very infectious when you have somebody that performs extremely well and then somebody else sees that. And, well, I want to, I want to perform that. I want to do what he does. What is he doing after practice? What's he doing during practice? How does he, how does he think? What is, you know, how does he carry himself? Infectious. You know? Great right. word. Right. That ripple effect. Right. That's, that's what we feel, um, for performance leaders. We want that to be infectious. You know, when, uh, when that guy's performing extremely well, I need for that to jump into the next person too. And, and sometimes, um, those are the obvious leaders, right? right. You know, sometimes they're, you know, the, they're obviously your performance leaders. Um, but it can go the other way too. If they have a bad attitude, you know, if they're talented and skilled, but they don't have the, you know, the attitude or the teamship. That is something that has to be addressed. So let's, you know, if you've got a talented wrestler, but that has not really bought into the program or the system, or they may have a selfish um, attitude Goodness. about me, 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 me. Yes. Um, how do you handle that as a coach? Uh, those are cancers. Those <laughs> yeah. are cancers. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've, I've often said this to, to uh, my staff, like one of the worst things that can happen and one of the worst things that has happened sometimes is maybe somebody that does not model um, that great leadership does not model the way that we want uh, our team to comport themselves. How, whether it's um, whether it's sportsmanship, whether it's in the classroom, whether it's in their social life, but they can score points and they can win matches. And they don't have the right lifestyle, and they don't have a, those, those. That's a very toxic thing because now everything that you coach, everything that you try to influence your athletes to do and and how to be, is directly contradicted by somebody who can do it. Who can still perform, but um, is lacking in all the other areas. Typically, that type of model kind of, it kind of, um, I don't want to say that usually those type of guys like can't seem to get out of their own way or they sabotage themselves in other ways that, that make it so that they can't perform anymore. Um, but sometimes that's, that's something you have to, uh, you look out for from, from time to time. Yeah. And you got, you, you know, you try working with them one on one to, to get that buy in. And sometimes it's the other leaders emerging and coming in and trying that peer influence, if sure. you will. Um, that's, uh, let's talk about the next one. The next one is locker room leaders. Uh, first of all, I love that uh, phrase because I think those are some of the most valuable leaders, the ones that go into the locker room. I mean, you know, character is the way you act when no one is looking, right? And so going into that locker room and knowing that you've got a leader in there that's going, you know, let's stay on the same page. We've got a, we've got a mission here. Um, that that kind of rally cry, if you will, they can be very valuable to a program. Right. Those are our social leaders. Those are our guys that that make sure that um, if somebody's not holding their end of the bargain, if somebody's doing something socially, maybe that's self sabotaging themselves or, or hurting the team or hurting somebody else, they're the guys that call them out, or they're the guys that bring it maybe to the coach, or they're the guys that maybe or are, are the first guy to reinforce it and and say, hey man, that's not right, or or uh, 
on the other end of that, they're they're directly the ones that step forward and, and recognize somebody who's doing the right things. And rec- hey, man, you're gonna you're gonna get it. You know, you're you're doing everything right. You're working you're working your tail off. You're staying after every single day. I mean, I know you're a freshman. I know you're young, but just keep up doing what you're doing. I trust me, it'll work out for you. We need those guys on the team because it's it's one thing coming from a coach, but it's quite another coming from a Caden Howard. It's quite another coming from a Peter Custer or a Will Custer. That that peer coaching is huge. Yeah, um, like you said, you could say the same words, um, and they're they're impactful. But sometimes when a peer says those words, that that is even more impactful. Um, that's so true. So those locker room leaders, you got to have those. You got to be able to to have that. I think they're also culture builders. Agreed. Um, yeah, they, they they're motivators, and um, I I love it that it's in the locker room. Like it's not for show. It's, sure. It's, it's this is what we need to do for the team. All right, well, what we need to do is show some gratitude for our sponsors. We're going to take our last break. Um, I want to thank Highland Dairy again for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and this segment is sponsored by Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar. They know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, they know service, they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I've been one of them for over 25 years, and you got to give Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey a call. They will take care of you. You can go to BillGrantFord.net, or you can call them at 417-326-7671. Also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Westlogging.com, you can find Danny West. He'll give you a free consultation, and he's going to treat your land like his own. And I want to thank Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance for also sponsoring this segment. So we're talking about um, some, you know, we're in this effective leadership series, and we've been talking with Coach James Reynolds, jury wrestling coach, and we've been talking a little bit about his program and how he implements some of these leadership strategies. And we talked about... Um, the performance leader and the locker room leader for athletes. We're, we're looking at that perspective this week. And the next one is your social leaders. The social leaders to be are kind of the team chemistry. Um, you know, we've got a night off. Let's go bowling or let's have a movie night or let they kind of orchestrate that off the court or off the mat. Um, those social events that kind of help that team cohesiveness. How important are those? Oh my gosh, extremely important. And, and it's important to have the right type of guys and the right people right and so let's that's not starts, go to the bar let's yes. go to the movies, right. the movies or the yeah that takes exactly. you know let's go bowling let's right. go let's let's go do something as a team let's get together and it takes uh active participation and active i mean that guy has to organize and get everybody together and he has to have fun with it and love doing it and want to be around his teammates as well um that's that's a process in recruiting yeah. you know i i know that guy when I speak to his family and his coach and I meet him and uh, when he's a junior in high school, I know that guy right away right. because he's uh, – and, and I know that he's the right guy to have around my team to, to build a team around. You know, I, you, it's cliche to say build a team around, but the reality of the situation is if I want a healthy, you know, environment uh, off the mat for my team and, and guys to be behaving socially – I need to make sure that I've got the right people in charge of those things. Right. And and the social part of it is so important. I mean, they kind of have their finger on the pulse of the team, really. Sure, sure. And you want to have that rapport where you can 
hey, what's going on? With, I mean, how are, you know, how are things going? They can give a lot of feedback or, hey, we're really beat down. We need a practice that's going to be, you know, they can kind of give guidance to coaches because they do have their finger on the pulse. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's good that if you have, you have that guy that, like you said, can come to the coach and say, hey, coach, this is, you know, like we are a little bit beat up. We've been going pretty hard lately. Uh, maybe we need to do change things up just a little bit here or there. Or, you know, he's the guy that comes to you and, hey, you know, socially, you know, we have, we have an issue. We have yeah. a problem. Maybe somebody's not doing what they need to be doing or somebody is doing something that they're not supposed to be doing for sure. So, so what do you do with in those situations um, when you have someone that's maybe not making the best choices? You know, for I, I was joking about, to, you know, going to the bar instead of the bowling alley. Right. But, but what, you know, what if you have someone that kind of disregards, um, I'm assuming that you probably have a no, no drug and no drinking policy. I mean, that is something... Um, you know, my, my father, who was a professional athlete, he's in several halls of fame. And one thing he told my brothers and I when we were growing up was that, you know, you have a few years to really be an athlete. If you want to be a drunk, you can be a drunk the rest of your life, but you've got a few years to be an athlete and you've got to think about your body and you've got to think about what you're putting in your body. Right. Um, obviously he didn't want us to be a drunk at all, but that was something I, that we, we I listened to. I listened, I listened and, um, I felt like, you know, when I was competing, um, I, I didn't do any of that stuff, but I had teammates that did. And I, I wonder sometimes, you know, how, how does that affect, you know, cause they are, they're, you know, a lot of fear wrestlers are of age. Goodness, yeah. So how, how do you handle, um, when sometimes they don't make the best decisions and try to have the, the party world and the athlete world? Right. I like that. What you just said about your dad. I mean, I've, I've used that same thing. I've used the same thing. Hey, listen, you got a finite amount of time. Right. You got four five years if you red shirting in there somewhere but you get four years to compete at a high level and do your very best to where you can look back on it and say I, I did my very best I got everything I could out of it one of the things I tell them is you'll never ever look back in college and say gee I wish I would have partied more <laughs> gee I wish I would have went to the bar more often gee I wish I would have went to more parties right and that'll never be a thing yeah. you may always with being social right but exactly yes yeah. but you will look back and you'll you'll maybe if you do regret things, it will be the things that that um, that prohibited you from getting what you want. What do I want? And uh, we we tell our guys, you know, right from the very beginning, there's three things you have to understand, or there's three questions you need to ask yourself. What do I want? How do I get it? And what's it going to cost? Because it all costs something. What do I want? I want to win titles. I want to I want to win matches. I want to I want a degree. I want to be a, a leader on this team. What do I want? How do I get it? Well, I got to duck this exemplo. I got to lead by example. I got to subscribe to a certain lifestyle that's going to help me be successful. What does it cost? Well, if you're good and that's really what you want, it shouldn't cost you anything, but it may cost you a little bit of social, you know, the social aspects of your life. I'm not going to the bar. Maybe I'm, I'm choosing, picking and choosing the people that I surround myself with. And that may upset some people and some other people in my life, but that's, that's the cost. And, and I need to understand those things. What do I want? How do I get it? And what does it cost? And, and that right there, I mean, those three ingredients and those three questions you can ask yourself, I mean, that can relate to anybody. Absolutely. Anybody that's listening right now, you could sit down. This is your goal setting. Um, and this, that's, a, that's such a, a tremendous uh, model to follow if you have a goal. And everybody out there, no matter what it is, uh, you may not be an athlete. You may be a banker or you may be, you know, in, in sales. But that is a great model. Um, yeah. to, so thank you for sharing that. That's really good. 
Um, I'm going to write that down. Can you hold on just a second? <laughs> we, well, we use, <laughs> and I tell my athletes this, and, and, it, and it sounds cliche a little bit, but I tell my athletes this on a constant basis, that we use wrestling as a microcosm of life. Yeah. So the things that you want to be, it, it, things that you have to do to be a great wrestler are, you know, mirroring things that you would have to do to be a great person. And if you want to win in wrestling, um, they're likely the same things that you want to win in life, that you have to be able to do to win in life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm constantly trying to connect those things and to make sure that the guys understand that, you know, this wrestling is really a microcosm of life. And, and that's true for every sport, to be quite sure. honest. And, sure. and, you know. What do you want? How are you going to get there? And what's it going to cost? What's it going to cost? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. All right, so our next leader uh, in a program is that organizational leader. The organizational leader, you know, that um, they kind of represent the team. Uh, you know, they're kind of one, an ambassador of the team. They're that person that's always out there trying to get students to matches, trying to get people, you know, involved, trying to promote, maybe doing your social media. But they're those organizational leaders um, that I feel like it, it is is very valuable. It's a very valuable role, and you've got to have those ambassadors out there, and they, they don't have to be your, your best ones. They don't have to be your most talented ones. They have to be ones that believe in your system and that are out there voicing it. Right, right. Those guys recruit for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those, those athletes exactly. are your athletes, but they're also recruiting because they've bought in, and they want to make sure that organization is promoted properly. And they're, they're talking to their former teammates. They're talking to their brother's teammates. They're talking to everybody they possibly can on how to make their program better and how to get involved with their program. Um, some of my better guys are my best recruits. They're, they're the guys that ensure that I have the next good crack at the next top recruit that comes out of their high school or uh, their younger sibling, which I'm, I've been very fortunate to, to be able to coach uh, several sets of siblings at uh, at Drury and hopefully a few more. You know, I have some recruits that uh, I'm recruiting a set of, of brothers, but I'm recruiting several sets of brothers. But um, you know, I've been very fortunate enough to to, to recruit several sets of brothers. And mm-hmm. if I get one, and I may have a good crack at the next one, if if he enjoys himself and and really believes in the organization, that says a lot about you and your program. Um, that that the families have bought into what you're doing with their kids, um, because you know you send. Send one sibling. If they have a good experience, they want the other sibling to have that experience right, right. And, and on vice versa. So that, that's a compliment to you. I think so too. Yeah. 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 It compliments who are our organization, our guys, you know, sure. uh, it's a good enough organization that I want my other son to be a part of this too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and one of the things on recruiting, I think one of the keys is, is that you're recruiting looking for some of these leaders. You know, right. you said that earlier. You said, you know, when you're recruiting, you're looking for that social leader. You're looking right. for that locker room guy. What, you know, t- what is it that you look for in those recruits? What is that that you recognize? Like, oh, there's the element that I want to see. Right, right. So there are guys that are extremely social, that will talk to you, that are well coached, that, that are, communicate well with their coach. There are quiet guys that are great leaders, that lead by example, that get things done, that maybe don't express themselves nearly as much, whether it's in a locker room or whether it's uh, with their coach. But I can rely on him to put forth this level of effort each and every single time and uh, do it quietly and lead by example in that way. And I love those type of leaders. That's the type of leader that I was in college, very, very stoic in terms of not bragging and not really celebrating nearly as much, but would definitely model the way. Um, but I have the other aspect. I have guys on the team that are that are very emotional, and they'll hype, and they'll clap their hands, and they'll give a woohoo whenever uh, things go their way. And I respect those guys, too. I need those guys on the team, too. The, the entire bench jumping up 
from their seats as soon as they're getting a pin and and they're flexing. You know that type of power, that type of electricity on a team is infectious. We use that word again, infectious from one person to the next. I know there's going to be somebody else step out there right after his teammate just got it done, and I'm feeling that energy right away. Right, so both leaders need to be recruited, need to be look, and I'm I'm always searching for both of those type of guys. And sometimes you find them within the same family. Like we talked about right. family earlier. Yes. And the brothers are very different. You know, one brother a little bit more um, uh, communicates with his coach a lot more and is a lot more outgoing. Uh, and then another one's a little more quietly and reserved. And, um, and, and they're just very different personalities within both the Both can be effective. Right. It's different Extremely styles. Effective. Yes. Different styles. So, so the last one is the reserve leaders. And to me, I mean, this this is your reserve leaders. They kind of take that second and that third string, and they're kind of the motivators and the leaders. So this is the base of your iceberg. You know, oftentimes, um, you know, what what is out there is the tip of your iceberg, right? Those are your best players, your most talented. This is your base of your iceberg. And you can't have the tip without the base. Right. There's a lot of value to that. How important are those reserve leaders? And, you know, I've always felt like you, you've got to show value to whoever's in your program and whoever's on your team, no matter what their skill level is. Um, but, but how important is that reserve leader to help keep um, your reserves rolling? Absolutely. Well, we recruit those too. Mm-hmm. I need for those guys that are, that are developing, that are ready to step in there when the opportunity comes their way. And uh, every single year as a coach, the opportunity comes to somebody's way who may not have expected it or maybe as a coach you did not expect it to go their way. And it will, whether it's somebody twisting up a knee and it ended up having to get surgery and, and his backup steps in there. Um, so I tell my athletes now, always be prepared to be the guy. Be ready to step in there when you get that opportunity. And that does two things for them. It, it, it helps them to train to a high level and be ready to, to step out there and perform. But also it makes it so that um, they always have something in the back of their mind that they're working toward. They're not working toward necessarily beating their own teammate all the time. I'm working to perform at my very best so that when and if I do, I'll be able to step out there and perform. I think Tom Brady has one of the best quotes I've ever heard. If they put me in, they'll never take me out. They'll <laughs> never take me out. If he put, if coach puts me in, they'll never take me out. Yeah, and it's I true for him, obviously. But I love that Tom Brady. Now, who is that? No, I'm yeah, you're right. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> so, I, you know, one of the things too that I, I feel like is really important with the reserve leaders too is they can be your morale boosters. Right. They can be those morale boosters, um, and they can be those people that um, they're like, don't you know? We have to make them better. We have to make the tip of our iceberg better. Um, we have such an important role. And I think that's something from reserves that yeah. you can get them to embrace them. I mean, it gives me chills sometimes to think about those leaders and how hard they were. They're the biggest fans of their of their teammates yes. too. Yes. Yeah, they're always turning them on. Yes, they're always yes. they're those guys, and I love those guys because they'll have the opportunity sooner or later to step in there. But they're always supportive of some of their better teammates. They're just they're just the biggest fans. Also, right. they're on the team. You know, yes. that's just a great feeling to have. I, I like to love to surround our team with those guys. Right. And right. a vast majority, let's be honest, there's only 10 weight classes that are going to get a chance to wrestle. You have 35, you know, 30 to 35 guys on the team. Yeah. So two-thirds of those guys aren't going to be the guys out there. Right. Right. So they need to be those support staff, those guys that are making sure that, that those guys have, uh, that the, the starters have all they need. And how, how do you like, what if someone doesn't embrace their role? How do you handle that as a coach? Like they want more. They want to be on the mat, but they're not, they're, their skills are not at that level yet. How do you, how do you help them embrace their role? We communicate, man. Yeah. That's the first thing. The very first thing is to communicate them realistically about where they are, where they want to go. How they, how are they going to get there? Right. Right. 
I, I, I need to know. I need to have. What do they want? How are they going to get uh, there? Yeah, What's it going to cost? <laughs> how am I going to get there? Right? You may not be the guy right now, but how are you going to get there? I'll tell you what. If you're a really, really good wrestler and you're aggressive and you're, and you're the guy that's attacking constantly and winning matches, somehow those guys find a way in the lineup. Somehow those guys find a way in the lineup, whether it's the weight, that weight class itself and he beats out somebody who's a returning starter or he goes up a weight class or down a weight class. Somehow those guys find their way into the lineup. And, um, I always encourage those guys, be that guy, be that guy that's indispensable. Hey, if you put me in, you'll never pull me out. I'll make sure because I'm doing everything that I possibly can to make sure that when I get put in, I'm prepared, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to win matches, I'm ready to score points, I'm aggressive, I'm doing what I need to do. And that's true for every sport, I think, not just in wrestling. But it, be prepared to be the guy that steps out there. Right. And it will not be the time that you think it will be. Yeah. It yes. absolutely will not be. You that's can't right. plan on it. And that engagement that they have, that engagement is something that I think is that can carry over for them being successful. If they just sit on the bench and pout because they're right. not out on the mat, yeah. What's that? How does that serve you? How's hey, that I'm working an, out for you? I'm an assistant manager. I ain't the manager right. yet, so who cares? Right. Hey, I'm just an employee yet. I'm not in leadership. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, with that attitude, you never will be. Exactly. You never will. You'll always be. <laughs> you'll always be the bridesmaid and never the bride. With that, you know. So, but I, but if I approach it, if I approach my mid level or low level job or whatever base base level employee right away, I approach it as if I'm gonna be a leader someday. Right. And I'm I'm constantly of that mindset all the time. It makes it easy for somebody to promote me. It makes it easy for me to make that decision of who I'm putting in. Who, who's the next guy going to be at this weight class? Make it easy on me. Right. Make it easy on yeah. me. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times, those decisions are made on the mat. They are. It's really not even a subjective decision. Right. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. Um, all right. So we've talked about performance leaders, locker room leaders, social leaders, organizational leaders, reserve leaders. Um, I want to I ask, what, I want to know what your pet peeves are. When it Goodness. comes to athletes, just in general, obviously don't use any names, but what are, you, what are some of your pet peeves? As an effective leader of your program, um, what is it that is just a pet peeve of yours? Goodness. You cannot. That's a good question. You put me on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> put me on the spot. What's a pet peeve? <laughs> a well, pet peeve is, is, it's hard sometimes. I mean, you yeah. probably have a few, but, um, sure. you know, what are some of those? Sure. Um, I'd say one of our biggest things is, is, is honesty. We want to be honest with ourselves. We want to be honest with ourselves and, and with what we want, you know, how do you get it and, and, uh, what's it going to cost? I want to be honest with what I, what I truly want out of this. And, um, so communicating constantly with our guys about what, let's be honest with where you are and what you want to do. Do you want to come to school here and you want to wrestle and you want to go to school and get your degree? Or do you want to be a member of the wrestling team, but also like to party and like to mess around and be a social butterfly and, and, and what, what do you want? Right. right. And let's be authentic to that. I'll help you get there too. Like it's not, it's not, I understand. It, it's a very niche, very small, small percentage of people that can even do college athletics in general. So if you're not happy with it and it's not what you absolutely want to do and you can't see yourself being successful, let me help you get to somewhere where you can. Right. And I, and I have plenty of guys that have been on my team in the past that are not on my team currently that I still have a great relationship with because it's not so much about me making them be the best wrestler. It's me helping them to get what they want. And hopefully that thing is, is to be a successful wrestler and to graduate and, and to be a really good, uh, really good student as well. But sometimes it's not. And so, or sometimes their mind may change and I, but I always want to help them get what's best for them and get to where, what, what they want. 
ultimately. One foot in, one foot out. Right. So my pet peeve is, is that honesty, I yeah, suppose. I is like is that. just authentic, authenticity. Just let's just be real with who we are and right. what we want. Yes. I like that. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Let's be honest. Right. Let's let's get real. I like that a lot. Um, mine is laziness and apathy. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Laziness and apathy. If you don't care and you're lazy, whoo. Oh, my gosh. Not a lot I can Where's do with that. Yeah. Where's the door? That's hard. That's <laughs> it, hard. It is hard. It is hard. Um, and then what are, what? Are, uh, let's look at the opposite end. What do you love about players? Like, if you were to, to describe your favorite player, what characteristics would they have? Oh, my gosh. I mean, um, I like those guys that just, they just got it, everything. They just got every single thing. They're great students. Uh, they're socially just out, absolutely outstanding. Everybody loves to be around them. Right? Everybody loves to be around them. Yes, magnets. And then, on top of that, on the mat, they're just extraordinarily aggressive, and they want to score, and they want to compete at a high level, and um, you know, they're constantly trying to pick up things and learn, and I got to I gotta kick them out of the room sometimes. Right. Um, those are some of my favorite guys. My favorite guys I have to kick out of the room. My favorite guys I have to, you know, I just have to, I have to tell them to, to actually, you know, tone it down a little bit, maybe – you know, uh, choose less things to do because they want to be involved in everything. Right. They want to be the best at every single thing that they do. They're constantly getting involved and in, in, uh, taking on more and more responsibilities. I'm like, hey, this is something we need to manage later on in life too. Right. You want to be really good at everything or, I mean, you want to be mediocre at everything and really good at a few things or what do you want to do? So sometimes uh, I got to rein those guys in just a little bit that way. That. But it's it's the guy who's who's who wants to be exceptional at absolutely everything he does. I love that. And he's just just the best. Those are my favorite people. Um, that's great that's a great way to put it well coach uh, I appreciate you being here James Reynolds Drury University Wrestling good luck thank you at Super Regionals and uh, may they continue and have uh, wonderful luck in Nationals as well so thank you for what you do in the program and what you're the impact that you're having on these young men thank you Jenny I appreciate you and all that you do yes and we didn't get to this but we're also going to yes. talk about the impact of girls wrestling. Some next time you're on here, we're going to oh, talk yes. about that. We're going to talk about that. But thanks for being there tonight, Coach. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right, we're going to move into our post game talk, sponsored by Story Construction. Story, go to story.com, s t o r e e dot com for more information. High quality service and high quality satisfaction. Next week, we are going to have Carrie Henry. You've heard of Henry's Towing. Uh, we're going to have the owner of um, Henry's Towing on, and you're going to love this story. She's going to talk about effective leadership, and she's got a story to tell. And we're going to talk about how she uses um, leadership styles from coaches in her business. Um, it's going to be a fascinating interview, so don't miss that next week. You know, we've discussed uh, these leadership models, and we know that in sports and in our careers and in our families, we're all going to have leadership roles at some point in time. There's always going to be a desire to be effective, but the real effective leader knows what it takes. It takes that hard work. It takes that determination. It takes that fight for the greater good of the team or the organization or the family. It takes someone willing to do the hard stuff and take that unwarranted heat for others. It's not easy, but that's why the word effective is in front of those leadership. So that's how champions do it. I'm going to remind you guys you each and every week, be a good human. Live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins. This has been A Coach's Perspective. Let SGF Yard Cards help you. We can announce events, advertise, and they take great pictures too. Visit sgfyardcards.com and order your signs today.